Hello, and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews. And a first for me, I'm looking at a Hammer Horror. Since I'm doing Vampires this month, check out my archives for Lost Boys franchise. I thought I'd do the Prince of Darkness himself, Dracula. Starring one of the most famous Draculas of all time, Christopher Lee. Now, before you get your pitchforks out and torches, I know this isn't the first time Lee donned the famous cape, but I don't own Horror of Dracula, so calm down. And if this little podcast does well, I may do other Hammer Horrors. So it's down to you, dear listener. Also, since I mentioned in a few times in my Lost Boys reviews, that they took it from dusty old castles and old English actors to the modern vampires, I thought I'd go back to the start. Well, not the start, as I don't, didn't go back to the 30s vampire of Bela Lugosi. Arguably one of Lee's most famous roles, even though he's played everything from Sherlock Holmes to Frankenstein's monster to even death himself. Let's dive into this slice of 60s shock, blood and gore of a horror horror. So get your steaks, garlic and crosses at the ready. A starring Christopher Lee, Barbara Shelley, Andrew Kerr and Peter Cushing. Written by Terence Fisher of the plot. Two couples visit Eastern Europe and visit a dusty old castle the locals tell them to avoid. The castle is owned by Count Dracula. Can they survive the night or will they be dead by dawn? So the movie opens up on Castle Dracula. The enter replay of the ending of Horror of Dracula with Dracula and Van Helsing, played by the late great Peter Cushing. Epic duel to the death with the tearing down of a curtain and a sudden burst of sunlight. Also the news of two candlesticks formed into a cross. Dracula dies into a pile of dust. And right here I realise I'm watching the wrong bloody movie. As I thought, Van Helsing was in all these, not some other mad priest. But then moving on. Up comes the titles, as the dust blows away, leaving only behind a ring. At a funeral, we see a young woman getting carried into a funeral pyre by several men, one of which is carrying a stake and hammer. As in the woods, the girl's mother comes tearful out, so the priest takes her aside to talk to her about how staking her daughter's dead body, and then setting it alight is for the greater good. Without the mother's consent, the men continue, until a hooded rider comes out of the woods, stopping at the staking to check out the body. Finding no bite marks, he tells the men to give her a proper burial. We find out uh, this man is Father Sandor, played by Andrew Kerr, star of other classic movies such as Quartermass and the Pit and Cleopatra. Meanwhile, in a bar, we see two couples waiting for one of the group to stop showing off. Charles Kent, played by Francis Matthews, of other hammer horrors such as Rasputin the Mad Monk and British TV, as he tries to down a yard veil to impress the locals. The others in the group are Helen, played by Barbara Shelley, of such classic movies such as Village of the Damned and British TV such as Doctor Who and Blake Seven. Her husband, Alan, played by Charles Tingwell, and Charles's wife, Diana Kent, played by Susan Farmer, star of multiple Hammer Horrors. In fact, this could be said for its entire cast and the dimension, Hammer is cheap. So cheap in fact, these are the same sets used in Rasputin the Mad Monk, filmed a few weeks earlier. In fact, the budget for this movie was a measly £100,000. Anyway, back to the movie. After a quick squabble, squabble even, the group decide to leave the pub and head on out into the darkness. Just then, in walks Father Sandor, and he scoffs at the Gallic Reeves, hung over the par- the pub, rather, saying the boogeyman is no more. 
and indeed the Gallic Rays would not have helped anyway because it's a public bloody house. We find out it's been ten years since Dracula's demise. The father asked what the group is doing in such a rundown pub, with them saying they're heading into the hills to do spottle sightseeing and then onto Carlsbad, as I thought it was Carlsberg over its bloody movie until I realised it was Carlsbad. However, the father suggested they head to the nearby abbey of Kleinsberg instead. And here we go with the geography, because the geography is all over a bloody place. They say that Kleinsberg is only a few kilometres away from the bar, and that Carlsbad is 20 kilometres away from the bar. And in Carlsbad is Castle Dracula, which is about 2 kilometres from Carlsbad signs. Anyway, moving on, they, of course, don't listen, and are locals refuse to take them to Carlsbad in the morning. After a quick fight with the coachman, they're dumped outside Castle Dracula, even though it's supposed to be two kilometres from the side, but moving on. So with the castle, and by castle I mean stock photograph, looming behind them, they bicker again, after which they decide to stay the night in a small wooden cabin, not the castle, as the father warned them off. Seconds later, a horse-drawn carriage with no driver comes out of nowhere, and with that, they load up the carriage and head to the castle, even though they were told multiple times to stay away from the castle. Also, they're only supposed to be a few kilometres from Kleinsberg, which is nonsense because it's supposed to be a whatever. I think this was a quick script job and nobody gives a shit about the fine details. Magically, the horses are now heading towards the castle and not Carlsbad. Arriving just before nightfall, Helen refuses to enter the castle because, quote-unquote, it's eerie. Just as they're about to enter the castle, the carriage is taken inside, so this, of course, causes the group to argue yet again. And my god, I thought the teens of modern horror films argued a lot. Dear god, it's about 22 minutes into this movie and all they've done is bicker and argue. Walking inside, um, Diana finds the dinner table set for four. This sets off Helen's doomsday talk once more, and again no one listens to her concerns because this is a 60s movie and why the hell would they? So Charles looks for the owners, finding the place empty except in one bedroom where nightclothes are left out along with their bags. Charles calls Alan upstairs to see the nightclothes and bags then runs next door to find out his bags are indeed waiting for him. We are 25 minutes into an hour and a half long movie. Slow pacing much, my lord. Out of the shadows comes Clove, played by Philip Litham. This, of course, causes Helen to scream and faint because it's the 60s, and why the hell wouldn't it? Some of the top music later, and he introduces himself as Dracula's manservant. He then goes to serve dinner. This sets off Helen's doom talk once more, but still no one listens to her. So they sit down to dinner, where Clove tells him his master is long dead and he was told to keep the castle ready at all times. So you're trying to say to me over the past 10 years this castle has been throwing out food and has been keeping things ready for 10 so more years? This again sets off Helen's naysay talk and yet again no one listens to her to the fact that Charles stands up and toasts to Count Dracula that night on a shot that clearly isn't a model as this thing is about an inch tall at the castle, um, they all get dressed for bed. Diana complains the bed is lumpy, as Charles talks bad about Helen being a bitchy and moaning every time they leave London. However, Diana points out she wasn't like that, she was acting more afraid than bitchy. In the bedroom, Alan is still refuses to listen to Helen's warnings of impending doom, and much later that night, as the camera creeps around the cheap castle set, 
Then into the bedrooms, Helen awakes from a nightmare, saying someone has called her name. Helen hears loud footsteps, so Alan checks the hallway, where he sees Clove dragging a large chest behind him. Alan goes off to investigate, leaving Helen to be locked in the bedroom, all afraid for herself. Finding a hidden passage behind the tapestry, Alan follows a corridor into Dracula's tomb. As he looks around, he is stabbed in the back by Clove. As in the bedroom, a nervous Helen awaits Alan's return. Clove drags Alan's body over the sarcophagus, which is empty, but of course, using a system of pulleys and ropes, he lifts Alan's dead body over the open sarcophagus, then gets Dracula's ashes and places them under the body. He then slits Alan's throat, letting the blood pour over the ashes. And by blood, I mean red paint. Finally, after 45 minutes, Dracula, played by the late Christopher Ray, Lee arises from the dead in a cloud of smoke. Note the ring on Christopher Lee's finger is a replica, replica even, of the one Bella Gossi wore when he played Dracula. In her bedroom, afraid of the lightning, Helen is taken by Clove to Dracula under the pretense of finding Alan hurt. She finds Alan's hung upside down body with its throat slit, so screams and runs into Dracula. As he holds her in his stare with bloodshot red eyes, he bites her and turns her into one of his brides. Just one this time, not three, because they couldn't afford another two women. Did I mention that it's cheap? The next morning, as Dracula sleeps in his tomb, Charles and Diana look for Alan and Helen's things and indeed their bodies. Charles heads back to the castle as he leaves Diana at the log cabin after saying it is now 3.30 in the afternoon, so they spent most of the morning and half of the afternoon looking for these two people. Why the hell go back to the cath- castle is beyond me. As Charles looks around the castle alone, but why, when he spent most of the morning looking for Helen and Alan? But anyway, Diana is quickly picked up by Clove in a horse-drawn carriage and taken back to the castle. Back at the castle, Charles finds a secret passageway, and why didn't he find it earlier? This castle is only three bloody floors tall. He finds Dracula in a coffin along with Alan's chopped-up dead body shoved in the trunk. It suddenly goes dark as the sun sets in three seconds, or somebody turns off a light, I swear to god, it's bright, the next minute it's dark. Dracula awakens as Charles runs off. Just then, Clove and Diana arrive at the castle, even though it's still daylight outside. Clove locks Diana inside the castle. Helen shows up in a long, floaty dress, in full vampire garb realness. Hair poofed out and fangs the lot. She then tries to hypnotise Diane and attack her until Dracula hisses at her, warning her off. And note, Lee refused to speak the lines written as he thought they were utter crap, so all he does in this movie is hiss and snarl. He then runs down the stairs straight at Diana, so they could enough for a bloody flying rig as he could have floated down this bloody balcony. Ah, Charles comes out to the balcony, it's not bloody balcony, whatever. As Charles comes out to the shadows and stops this, so Helen comes onto him, trying to bite him like a true vampire victim that she is. Charles and, Di- Charles and Diana. Charles and Dracula then fight. Note, Lee hated the full eye bloodshot contacts because he could barely see out of them at all. In fact, he ran past the two girls multiple times and indeed tripped on a bloody set. So Charles sees swords and holds Dracula at sword point. However, he's quickly disarmed by Dracula as he snaps the sword in two. Dracula almost chokes Charles to death, you want to just bite him instead of choking him. Until Diana runs at him with her silver cross, which she wasn't wearing seconds earlier, exposed burning Helen's arm in the process. 
actually then uses this to keep Helen at bay, as Charles uses the sword ends to keep Dracula away. Clove sneaks into the castle, but is knocked out by Charles and they escape on the horse-drawn carriage back to town. However, as they run away, it trips and the carriage flips over and Diana is hurt. Why the hell was it trip? Was it a 70s? Oh my god, I got chased by a boogeyman and fall! Charles carries Diana's body into the woods, but some upon Father Sandor. What the hell is he doing in the woods at God knows what time at night? He takes him back to the abbey, where the father shows him the town records and then states Charles' brother has brought Dracula back to life. So Charles says he'll kill Dracula, however, the father says it isn't that easy. Now, how isn't that easy? All you have to do is find his coffin, cut his head off, or stake him, place a religious artifact in his coffin, I don't know, get sunlight, um, use holy water, use running water, use roses, and use other things. I mean, it's easy to kill bloody vampires. He also states this is because he has human helpers, such as Clove. Cut to Clove taking the coffins away from the castle. Father Sander takes Charles to see a madman named Ludwig, paid by Thorley Walters. Clove drives up to the gates of the abbey with the coffins in tow. We are introduced to Renfield of this movie, Ludwig, as he eats and kills flies, and then hands the father a bound Bible, which he polished up. And why is he polished a Bible if he's supposed to be a, a vampire? Father Sander then just walks off and leaves Ludwig to polish another Bible. Ludwig feels the presence of Dracula, so escapes and invites them in. Diana awakes and tells Charles not to return to the castle. They of course don't listen to her, because why wouldn't she? She's just a woman, and this is supposed to be 1878 Victorian times. With that, they just head to bed. Ludwig, now loose on the grounds, has invited Dracula in. Diana is awakened from her sleep by the undead Helen, begging to be let in, which she does, and immediately Helen tries to bite her, until Dracula pulls her away, and just stands there staring at the screaming Diana. He then just runs off. Why the hell did he dive in and grab her out? It's beyond me. Also, how can he go into the grounds of the abbey? It's supposed to be religious grounds, and vampires can't go into religious grounds. Father Sander burns the vampire bite mark with a gas lantern, something I know you could actually do, and then has a monk bandage her wrist. They then head out onto the abbey grounds and place two crosses in the two coffins. And where the hell is Clove when this is going on? Helen is found in the stable trying to eat the horses, so is taken to Ludwig's cell, in which Father Sandor tells Ludwig to leave as a brother, monk that is, takes him away, so he knocks out the brother and runs to Dracula's side. Helen is then quickly staked as blood pours from the wind, prayers are said over her dead body, and it moves on. Ludwig takes Diana to see Dracula by tricking another brother into letting him walk around the place unaccompanied. Locked in a room with Dracula, Diana is locked in his gaze as he gets her to remove her cross, and then almost gets her to drink his blood as he slits his chest open with his fingernail. And why not just bite her beyond me? Until Charles shouts and snaps her out of it, so Dracula knocks out and carries her off. Ludwig is then taken back to his room for no bloody reason, because there's a big hole in the bloody wall as he broke through the bars. Father Sander arms up, however refuses to kill Clove, saying he is still a priest and it's down to Charles to do so. On the road, Clove hurries back to the castle as Father Sandor and Charles give chase, however Father Sandor says this is a good two and a half days ride. Yeah, so why the hell could it go out from- oh, moving on. Charles shoots Clove dead after Father Sandor cuts them him off. This spooks the horses and they bolt back to the castle. Seconds later, the horses arrive at the castle and somehow managed to dump Dracula's coffin onto the ice. Just go with it folks, we are about 20 minutes left of this crappy ass movie. 
Charles and the father find Diana in the back of the coffin, so Charles runs to kill Dracula. Dracula rises from his coffin, so he struggles with Charles and is down to Diana to shoot Dracula as Father Sandor refuses. But why? He refused to kill Claude because he's human, fair enough, but Dracula is not. He is undead. So she shoots the ice under Dracula's feet. It cracks and reveals running water. Bearing in mind, this ice wasn't here halfway through the movie. It was white sand. <clears throat> One thing, why is Castle Dracula have running water moats? It means he has to spend all the summer trapped in that castle and wait until winter to kill people. Hmm. He then falls in and dissolves into the water as credits roll. So that was Dracula, Prince of Darkness, my first and possibly last Hammer Horror. Nothing in this happens. Literally nothing happens. Dracula shows up at the 50 minutes mark and by the hour and 25 minute mark, he is drowned and he is barely on screen for 10 minutes. The rest is boring with just infighting between a group and nothing else. This thing dragged. I'm going to give this thing a lonely 3 out of 10. Not even the great Christopher Lee could have saved this turkey. Anyway, come back next week for my look at the Blade franchise. All three movies in one mega a podcast. July is American Pie. August is Hits of 87. 97 and 2007. September is Hannibal Lecter. October is Halloween, my look at the first three Hellraiser movies. And November is Nintendo movies. Bad video game movies such as Tomb Raider and Street Fighter. So get to follow, leave a like and comment on my SoundCloud. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod. Also email me movie suggestions and what you thought of this too here's johnny's or reviews at gmail.com check out my other podcasts of aliens donnie darko we've been ditter doctor who and halloween also check out my franchise podcasts of omen psycho resident evil underworld the fly mad max and star wars and a bye